Hi everyone, welcome to HubShots, episode 66, the podcast for marketing managers who are using HubSpot or are considering using HubSpot. My name's Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found, and with me is my co-host Craig Bailey from Zen Systems. How are you, Craig? Good. Happy New Year, Ian. Happy New Year to you and to all our listeners, Craig. That's right. So, uh, you know what we're not going to do? We're not going to start this show with a whole bunch of predictions. That's right. Which I know is flavor of the month and it's probably a change from what we did last year. But I've read so many articles predicting what marketing is going to be like in 2017. I thought we'll leave that till February. So I reckon what what we should do is in February, then we'll review some of them and pick out some that we actually think are worth um, following up. But we're not going to do that today. It's a very good idea, Craig. So sorry to listeners that we're after a whole bunch of predictions. It's actually in our inbound thought of the week this week, we're going to talk about thinking through deliberate practice. Now, Craig, tell me what this is all about. Yeah, okay. So I, uh, as you know, I I like to read a lot about uh, peak performance, productivity, time management, all that kind of thing. And uh, actually right at the end of the show, uh, we're not going to discuss this. I've got actually some book predictions. You can have uh, predictions, (laughs) book book recommendations uh, that you can uh, look at, some books I've really enjoyed reading. But one of the things that comes around peak performance is this idea of deliberate practice, which is this process of practicing in a very dedicated and strategic way to improve your performance. And uh, I thought this was really interesting to think about in terms of marketing, because often these books, and if you've read these kinds of books and articles, they're very interesting. I find them fascinating. I'm really interested in how to be more effective, more efficient, all that kind of stuff. They often use examples of musicians or athletes and things like that. And that's great, right? Because when you're a violinist, there's obvious ways that you can work really hard to practice to be better. I was thinking, how do you apply deliberate practice to being a marketer? Yes. To being a... marketing manager, for example. So I thought that was an interesting thought to go through, and we're going to go through a a few ideas we were discussing today. Here are some of the thoughts. Be inquisitive, read what industry experts are saying, and we've got some links at the end for that. Yeah. I think the other thing, and I think I picked this up from Kip, who is the CMO of HubSpot, he said, always be learning. So learn new technology, consider your certifications, be a practitioner, you know, even though he's at the top of the company, he still gets into HubSpot, uses the tool, and actually tries new things out. He even, I think, mentioned he read the whole Facebook um, API <laughs> when it came out. Yeah, that's right. And so this is all part. So the first part of deliberate practice for marketing managers, as we're kind of thinking through the topic about how we apply this to our own kind of um, proficiencies, is, yeah, at least first step, look at what the marketing leaders are doing and try and work out what they're doing really well. And so there's a wealth of information that you can read on when they write and posts and books. I read a lot of books and there's also videos and things like that, but be informed about what people are doing. So that's the first thing, you're quite right, learning about what the best in the world are doing. And then the second thing we were looking at is, well, okay, you learn about what they're doing, but you've actually got to apply it. And this is part of this be a practitioner element that you mentioned and this and we always say test and measure don't we we kind of say you've always got to be testing things and measuring the results so i think the key to this craig is actually how do we do that right i think writing more blog posts sales pages landing pages writing ads you know being creative like thinking about creative that goes with those ads i think those are really key things and that's the practitioner part of it Yeah, and you've actually highlighted this final part, which is creativity. And this is the key thing that we're looking at. So the really hard work 
that I think that comes down to when you're in marketing is being creative. If we look at how marketing has changed over the last couple of years, it's only kind of the last couple of years, but if you look at the way technology has become infused into what a marketing manager has to do these days, you can't just be concepts. You actually have to know the technology, and that's why this whole MarTech kind of um, term has come up. With that, there's been actually a slight danger, I think, because technology leads to analytics and reporting, and we've become very analytical. And I think it's it's almost a bit of a trap in some ways. We analyse mm. reports, we're analysing results, we're testing and measuring, as we said before. Yes. But we're getting so focused on analysis and analytics that we've lost our creative side. Yeah. So if you think right back to the advertising agencies, they were super creative, right? But they never had really much analysis about what was working. They are oh, cut through. Marketers have kind of gone to the other end where it's all analysis and reporting and analytics, but we've lost that middle ground. And I think for marketing managers, and I, I guess I'm preaching to myself in some ways here, that whole creative element is something that we need to work really hard at. And so we've got a few kind of just suggestions or examples about how we can flex or train our our creative muscles yeah and i think a lot of that craig also is you've got to kind of take yourself away from your environment or go and sit in sit in a place where you actually have space to think uninterrupted space to think so one of the some of the examples is like when you go away to that place to think you know write down 10 creative ideas for new audiences you can target you know, yeah. are you targeting the right persona? Are you actually covering all your personas or are there additional personas or non-personas you need to be aware of? Yeah, I think this idea of top tens is really good because you think, oh, yeah, top ten. But what you just said then, ten new audiences that you could target. Now, you can probably think off the top of your head one or two, but ten, write down, like actually yeah, take right. five minutes. It's actually exactly. starting to make your create. And we're not saying, oh, this is the strategy or this is the tactic. This is just a training exercise. And so another one might be just 10 creative ideas for problems that your current product solves that you don't currently promote. So think about the, the solution or the service or the product that you offer, your company offers. What's a new problem that it can solve currently? You don't have to create a new feature or anything, Correct. but just think creatively. What is something that that product solves? Write down 10. You can probably think of one, right? Oh, this is easy. Write down 10. That's yes. actually hard work. And that's why these top 10s or just getting creative, that's the really the what we think about in terms of leading towards deliberate practice, working hard to think about creative ideas. And I think, Craig, that is all about being a practitioner, right? And I think to be doing that, you need to be using the tool. You need to be using HubSpot. You need to stay current with your certificate certifications and really be on top of that. So we already know that HubSpot Academy has lots of certifications. There's the content marketing certification that's out. There's email marketing that's out. So, you know, we need to be on top of that and actually doing that, taking the exam, doing the practical, because I think that's really the key. And that's, that's really about being the ultimate practitioner. I think that's absolutely right. And I think we'll close with this comment because Gary Vee says be a practitioner. Kip Bodner, as we know, when we interviewed him, he's the CMO of a massive SaaS company. He's still actually daily working in the product, actually putting campaigns together. He's a practitioner. If I think about the customers we've worked with, the most successful marketing managers and heads of marketing are actually in the tool 
from time to time. It's not like they're implementing all day, but they know how to. They know how to go in and use the tool, be a practitioner. And I think that's really when we're talking about the marketing experts for 2017 and along. It's actually combining these three things. They've got to have an analytical side. They've got to have that creative side we've got to talk, we've just talked about. They've actually got to have that practical side. They've got to be a practitioner as well. So work hard on all three, and that's the that's and the Craig, I really, practice. I really like how we came up with that because we were actually sitting down trying to be creative about this podcast, right? Yes. And that's how we actually came up with that idea that we need to actually have these three elements to make the best marketer. So I think the action item for people listening, if you're driving, when you stop driving, and when you get some time, if it is tomorrow morning or it is later in the night, sit down with a piece of paper and unhurried, turn your phone off and actually write down 10 creative ideas for that one thing you want to solve and see how you go. All right, Craig, on to our HubSpot marketing feature of the week. Yes. Now you said marketing feature, which is good because we're actually going to have two shots each episode from now on. We're going to have a marketing feature of the week or tip of the week and a sales tip of the week. Now I've got marketing tip this week and you've got sales tip. So I'll go first. Now it's A-B testing. And I love this because I reckon HubSpot have slipped this in. I think they did, just like they did the CTAs. <laughs> They've got A-B testing of landing pages and A-B testing of emails. We're just going to talk about landing pages this week. That appeared in um, the Pro License. So if you're on the HubSpot Pro License, previously you didn't have this. It was in Enterprise, but now it's in Pro. And it just very quietly. Uh, it magically it, made its way around Christmas time. Magically appeared. <laughs> now, we're going to talk about landing pages today. I've got a link to the um, knowledge base around it. I just want to quickly explain it and say what I really love about it. Okay, so you can create a landing page as you would normally, and then you go to the settings tab, and there's an option to create a variation. So you just click a variation, and then up in the main area to the left, you'll see an AB. You can switch between the two. Now, why I think this tool is so good compared to other landing page tools out there is that when you create the variation, it can be entirely different. You can have a different template for that page. You can use different forms. That, like every, It can be a totally different page. The only thing that stays constant is the URL. And I love this because just recently we've been creating separate landing pages because we wanted them to be totally different. So not just, oh, I want to test green button versus red button. I wanted to test a completely dark uh, layout that was long versus a short, bright uh, landing page. Now I can do that with the one landing page within HubSpot, send all my traffic there from to various the source spot. to that same URL. Yeah. Don't have to create separate ads, you know, the yes. old story and yes. AdWords. I'll create two different ads, point, test which ad, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's just that I love it. Like this is a really powerful A-B testing. Yes feature and it's available in pro now so i'm i'm very excited about this yes i love that feature and we're going to be testing more over the coming weeks so we can report back now on to our hubspot sales feature of the week and this is about using email templates so why i love this feature is that you can have a consistent and effective way for you to communicate with people so there are certain things that you're doing or sales teams are doing you can actually have templates to speed up the process because what they've found out is that a lot of sales teams actually spend a lot of time putting emails together, finding information. Now, if you can actually create templates in the system and actually say, look, if so, when someone first makes contact with you, if you, you need to send this email, this is the language we use, this is how we do it, you know, just 
personalize it, which can automatically happen as well. So one of the key things you need to know here is that you obviously need to link into Gmail or Outlook and you need to have HubSpot sales free. I think you get five templates uh, in your portal. If you're on a professional license, I think you get about a hundred per person or something. So it's a very, but anyway, start off free, use it and even just use the five and see, because one of the biggest things you'll do is you'll gain back some time and you'll have consistency with your message and about your process. And I'm going to say this because we talk about coming up in our opinion of the week, which I'll start now, Craig, which is from Brian Halligan on marketing in 2017. One of the things he actually talks about is automating a buying process. And buyers expect to be able to buy on their own timeline with minimal or no human contact. So when I talked about templates, what I want to do is actually automate some of that process or give it some level of consistency so people have a consistent interaction with you in the process with sales. Yeah, that's an excellent tip. And I've actually got a question about email templates for you. Yes. Uh, regarding, so this is in HubSpot sales or HubSpot CRM with um, uh, you're using templates within there. Now, do you think this is something that marketing managers get involved with or is it just sales managers or is it both? Both. Because I'll tell you one story. I have discovered one of our clients who's using HubSpot marketing free. And I've noticed that a lot of inquiries that they get through actually are people asking for product data sheets on products. And obviously, clearly they don't have it on their site easily accessible. Now, if they don't want to obviously give that on the website, but they want people to contact them, maybe they have an automated or a, they have a pre, pre-filled out response with the different kinds of um product data sheets or the links to the product data sheets that basically someone in sales can go, okay, well, I need to respond with this email. Here's what I need to do. I can personalize a response based on the product. Here are all the links to the data sheets and you can hit send. Nice. So absolutely, I would definitely. So that's something marketing could set up and just hand over to the sales team. Here's the new assets. Use this. Absolutely. All right. So we're going to talk about our opinion of the week, Craig. And this is from Brian Halligan and it's marketing in 2017. Now, a lot of this, he spoke about it inbound. He's now put it onto a, onto Medium. So you can read it there. And it's really fascinating. I think he calls it the second act of inbound marketing. And there are four things that you should be doing. Do you want to take the first one? Yeah. So his first one is invest in video. And he talks about this uh, in the article quite well. Uh, and also just the different ways that people are generating content, even with Facebook Live or just capturing the moment and one of the things gary vaynerchuk talks about is this whole document the process not versus create versus create and uh, you and i have kind of debated that (laughs) offline as well because i'm dubious about some parts but in other ways he's like yeah documenting what's going on is actually can be valuable content for the right you know it's all about the right targeting and, and providing value of course but yeah video is a key way that you can do that quickly and in a very useful manner Number two, he said, live in social. We're not B2B or B2C marketers. We're in the business of being human marketers. Humans live in Snapchat, Instagram, Messenger, and a host of other social apps. 
for, so find out where they are and communicate with them on those platforms. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, he talks about accelerating your content. So he says combine content marketing and paid marketing and also repurposing your most successful content for multiple channels and then putting budget behind it. Now, what's interesting about this is, as we've discussed before, is like um, they've previously kind of said, oh, Paid, paid is okay as long as it's done in an inboundy way. What I liked about this article is just like, there's none of that malarkey anymore. He's just like, <laughs> you've got to invest in paid, Correct. right? It's a channel and you must invest in paid social and other paid channels to augment. Yeah. Correct. And in saying that, Craig, social has changed over a period over the last couple of years where the reach of organic has declined. And so obviously if you're promoting things on a business page, it's now pay to play. So, to play. Yeah. And, and Brian talks about that. To be fair to him, I was a bit unfair there, but to be fair to him, yeah, he talks about how marketing has changed and it's always changing, right? It this, is. This it's is exactly changing. the point. And that's, of course, why in February we'll talk about predictions. Yeah. <laughs> People are predicting what, how it's further going to change. Yeah. Yeah. And right. I think that's really key. So, you know, we use those tools in HubSpot. Like, what are the top performing blog articles? What are, who are the top performing authors? And just do more of that and use that to promote it on those different channels and reach the people, the audience that you're trying to reach. So even creating similar audiences in Facebook is a really good thing. And even in Google, you can do that. So look at those two things if you're not doing it already. And finally, like I spoke about it before, it's automating your buying process. And buyers expect to be able to buy on their timeline with either minimal or no human contact. Yeah, I love to have Brian in the article. He says... Uh, Previously, the website was uh, a, as to help sales in their in their job, and now he's saying now sales help the website. <laughs> That's <do> right, that. <laughs> <laughs> which is very true. So think about that because all of these are points of friction that you can remove when dealing with people. All right, really good. Now, I wanted to, to, talking about the first one we talked about, the way with Brian says invest in video. We're going to go on to shot five now, and this is a new shot called our creative idea of the week. And so what we're going to try and do in line with what we talked about at the start about trying to create, uh, flex our creative muscles, we're going to say, I'm going to ask you, Ian, so like investing in video. Okay, great. Yeah, good. No worries. Sounds like a great idea. Sure. Now, actually, how? Like, give me some examples. So what I thought I'd do is I'd ask you some of your customers. They're across various industries yes. and mine are different to yours. But what are some ideas for how they can do video? Because it's all well and good to say invest in video. But what does that actually mean? Is that carrying a video camera around and, you know, talk to camera or what is it? Look, it may, may be, Craig, but I, I think I'm going to take this back to basics here. Go back to your persona, figure out where they are in their buying journey and what kind of video would be required. So it might mean that it's an explainer video. It might mean that it's a screencast. It might mean it's a different type of video altogether, which I've just forgotten the name of. You know what? I should say <laughs> give me 10 examples. <laughs> I should really push you hard here. So, And I'll, and I'll relate this to, to recently we bought a new family car, and one of the things I did lots of research, read lots of reviews, from like Australian ones and even American ones. And one of the things I really enjoyed was I listened to, uh, so I bought a Mazda. So I listened to a Mazda engineer actually talk about why they did certain things in the car. And I was just curious because obviously they've developed a new engine. They're doing some really clever things to regenerate energy and so on. And just even 
give people a different experience. And one of the things you, I showed you the video, you know, there was a reason why they developed the engine, why it behaves the way it behaves, because they were solving for the problem that people that had this kind of car wanted. They didn't need a high revving car, which was sports, kind of tilted towards sports. It was more for families and what was required when families were using the car. And I thought that was great. Made you really understand how everything fitted together, why they did things. And I really enjoyed that. And that was probably more in-depth than most people would care about. I love this. I was watching it and he was saying all this technical stuff about engines and stuff, which I know nothing about. And I was like, I, I, I want that car. And what was interesting about the format, it was just, it was, it wasn't. It was a question answer. It wasn't much, kind it? of, it wasn't amateur, but it no. wasn't highly, it wasn't a Mazda, you know, they've got the the team, promotion team there. It was just kind of handheld, uh, a, a Mazda engineer uh, being interviewed about what's going on under the hood. And it's, you know, just kind of taken handheld and, and it was very real. It was, this was a guy that really knew his product and was very passionate about it. And I wanted to buy one of those cars. I <laughs> It's like some seven-seater car. It's like, I don't know. two of us, right? But it was it was compelling yes. and much more valuable as a piece of content than, say, you know, a highly produced commercial. Absolutely. So there's my little example, Craig. How about you? All right. So I always like to think in terms of utility versus entertainment. You know, we say content and especially on social, uh, people are after one of two things. They're after utility, that is value, or they're after entertainment. And so I think you need to work out which, or, or, or can be both, uh, applies in your scenario. So thinking through some of our customers, uh, like we've got predominantly technology companies that we work with. And so you could do screencasts of features or how to use the tool. That's kind of an, uh, an obvious one. Uh, and the, the goal there is less about promotion, but more about um, value how to use a tool or even concepts that the tool provides that could actually add value even if you didn't use the tool. Um, you can meet the team that are building the tool. And that's why I like that video from Mazda. It wasn't some polished guy in a suit talking about whatever they talk about. It was an, a sales engineer wearing a beanie in the snow looking under the hood of the car. I thought that was really useful. So that's technologies. Another uh, company of ours, uh, they're a catering company. So their whole use of video is going to be much different. They can focus on the experience of food or an event or something like that. And in many ways, when you think about video, I think a good place to start is to say, uh, so what did you used to just take a photo of and put on social and can you extend that? So if you used to take a photo of the company picnic or company Maybe just a video of that is the next step. That might be more entertainment. Um, if you used to take a screenshot working through a tool, screenshot, 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 maybe making a video of that is the natural next extension. So it doesn't have to be this massively expensive or produced piece. You can just start with that extension of photography. So, yeah, there's some ideas. I think when we do these creative ideas, we should challenge ourselves to do 10 so next <laughs> next episode we have to do 10 each rapid fire rapid get fire. our creative muscles going. all right craig on to our podcast of the week and this is one that you were listening to about content cells episode yes. 45 yes so we've mentioned the content cells podcast before and Susie daphnis and uh it uh, love this podcast but what i really liked is they were interviewing joe Polizzi from content marketing institute who we've mentioned many times Really good interview. Uh, asked him a whole bunch of stuff about marketing trends. Fantastic. And he also recommends 
in that. And we'll just move now on to shot seven resource of the week, which is CMIs, that's Content Marketing Institute's Australian Content Marketing Research, which they put out at the end of last year, looking at content marketing trends in Australia. So that that's a useful resource for people to download and look at. And in the podcast content sales with Susie and, and Michelle, they actually go through asking Joe some of those trends and some of the questions and he elaborates on them. So recommended listening. So that's a good little tip. Download the resource and then listen to the podcast. Yes, actually, that's good. All right, on to our quote of the week. And this is from Gary Vernachuk. And it's doing the right thing is always the right thing. I disagree. <laughs> no, that's a great quote, of course, yes. And finally, Craig, we've got some bonus links of the week. So this is stuff that we've been reading and it's been curated nicely. And some of the things that you've been reading um, in terms of your books, like Deep Work, Grit by Angela Duckworth and The Growth Mindset by Carol Dweck. Yeah, so we, um, we're going to include this just at the end of each episode in the show notes. We won't talk about it, but each, as you can imagine, each episode we have a ton of stuff that we want to go through and a lot of it doesn't make it to the episode. So some of the better ones, we're just rather than leaving them complete, we're just going to add a section at the bottom. Stuff we've been reading and recommend, so that's some further reading for you. If if you're interested, we'd actually be interested to see how many people come through to the show notes and click on those links. Yes. Test, <laughs> test and measure. measure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Craig. Now, if you're actually testing out HubSpot and you would like some advice or you'd like us to help you with something, please feel free to reach out to us through the website, through Twitter or Instagram. We'd love to help you out. And if you've got any comments or things you would like us to know about or share or any issues you'd like us to talk through, please feel free to contact us through the website. If you would like to join our Facebook group where you can ask questions, get things answered, you can do that on Facebook. There's a link on the website to do that. And if you want to join the WhatsApp group, you can go to hubshots.com slash WhatsApp and leave us your details and we will add you in. Now, everybody, thank you for listening to this episode. And we're looking forward to a great 2017 with you. All right, Craig, until next week. Catch you later, Ian. Thank you for listening to this episode of HubShots. For show notes, resources, HubSpot news, including practical strategies you can implement, visit us at hubshots.com.